But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will re reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Rosemary. John, would you like to come, come on up? It's wonderful to have you with us this morning, and we're really looking forward to what you have to share with us. But should we pray for you before you begin? Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the truth that it brings for all of us to hear, to receive. And we pray for John this morning as he speaks to us, as he opens up your word. Would the truth of your word resonate with open hearts and minds? Would you be with John as he shares with us? Would you give him your spirit of wisdom, of discernment, of understanding? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. The series of sermons of which this is one are based on learning more about spiritual disciplines through Jesus' teaching and what we call the Sermon on the Mount, as Lucy said earlier. And in this passage, Jesus teaches about three of these disciplines, giving, 
prayer and fasting. And as a church, we are focused on three key areas, community, prayer, and discipleship. And I'm sure that you, we can all think of various ways in which these aims are reflected in the events, activities, and groups which take place in the life of our church. Perhaps there is one of these areas which is a key priority for each of us at this stage. Perhaps it's the community lunch or breakfast for the homeless. Perhaps it's praying for the nation or for people who are sick. Pod or life group leaders will be doing a lot to encourage those in their care to grow in their faith. In other words, discipleship. In about an hour, staff and members of the church, some of whom, no doubt you're here now, will be giving their time and their energy to work with children of various ages and abilities, to teach them about Jesus, and to help them grow as disciples. And we can trace these themes in the passage we have before us this morning, which Rosemary's just read. There's the person supporting the community, through his giving, the guy having a great prayer time and the person developing their discipleship through a period of fasting. All tremendous stuff. I'd like to start by looking at the giving and then the fasting and finish with the prayer. Would that be all right? So what did Jesus say about giving? So this is how the givers were operating. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. I struggled with this, to think that people were announcing it and accompanying it, apparently, with music. I just... I just couldn't quite get that. Um, I sort of had scenes of people coming into church with their own private trumpet, and as they put their offering in the plates, there were quick sort of blast on the trumpet. Um, there we go, that's what it says, and that's what people were doing. And Jesus said that these people who gave their money in such a way were doing it to receive praise from other people. And they would get that praise but God would not be rewarding them. So there's a kind of, it's kind of binary, isn't it? You either get your praise from the people or from God. And verses three and four say this, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that's quite difficult because a lot of things that we do, like clapping or holding things, we do uh, with both hands. And, and so it would be so kind of secret that uh, that wouldn't be happening, so that your giving may be in secret. And then another phrase, which kind of made me go like this, because I'd heard it many times, but, and then it says, your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And I, and I don't know whether there's other people in church this morning who think, oh, is that, what, is that what we're meant to be doing? We're meant to be getting a reward from God. Well, it's completely biblical. Here are some of the examples of the sort of reward waiting for Jesus' disciples in heaven. 
Blessed is the one who perseveres, remember this, under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's from James. And here's one from 2 Timothy. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to the, all those who have longed for his appearing. And then this one from Colossians. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so what Jesus is saying here is, which direction are we going in here when we're doing the giving? Are we thinking inside about how this might come across? Or are we thinking it's solely devoted to God? That's our first thought. Secondly, what did Jesus teach about fasting? Now, we know that fasting can seem a rather negative thing, maybe not eating for several hours. I'd find that myself particularly challenging, but it's actually one of the spiritual disciplines. With regard to fasting, in Acts chapter 24, we read about the commissioning of Barnabas and Paul in their ministry by the church in Antioch. The decision to send them out followed a time, it says in Acts, of worship and fasting, during which the Holy Spirit spoke to leaders of the church, indicating that it was these two men who were God's choice for this ministry. That's fasting. And some of us may remember that about a year ago, our then curate Janie called for a day of prayer and fasting for those in the church who were ill. Do any of us remember that? Yeah, nods around the church. So, and Jesus said, but there's a problem going on in, in, in the Holy Land at that time. It said that people were declaring again, like the giving, they're fasting to others because they were putting something on their faces to make themselves look all sad. And so that what they were doing is they were making themselves look somber, they were disfiguring their faces, and Jesus said, you'll get your reward. Can I just cut my water? I was panicking a bit about the water because there isn't a horizontal surface here. And... Um, <laughs> And, well, there is, but it's very narrow. And uh, so I'd, I'd considered the, the middle bit and the side bits. And um, I suppose if I was quite charismatic, I could actually do it here, but I'm not. So um, I could put it down on the floor. I, I digress. So what they were doing was they were making themselves look really awful so that people would really realise they were very holy about their fasting. And Jesus said, put oil on your head so that's a bit like kind of uh, making your hair look nice, the commentator said, um, and tidy yourself up and, and wash your face. In other words, look nice. 
instead of looking all bad. So what Jesus said is that the people who were giving their money or fasting uh, were doing it for the wrong reason. They were trying to do the giving and the fasting in a way that the people around them noticed and give them praise. So here's something that we might want to think about at this point. Why we do things for the Lord. There are many of us around the church. We read out just a very short list of examples at the beginning. So what we're not into at the moment is is actually getting ourselves into false guilt or beating ourselves up. But we're just having a moment where we're just thinking about our motives and why we do things or the games that we might play on occasions in order to make ourselves feel good about ourselves occasionally. Now, what does Jesus have to say about prayer? Let's have a look at the verse here. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now, just recently, Jens preached on this passage and emphasized the point that although God is unseen, we are seen by the Lord when we pray. And that really struck home, and, uh, uh, and I, I've got some notes on that, and uh, I've been bearing that in mind. And, and we know from many writings and inscriptions that many non-Jews did indeed use multiple formulae in their prayers, long, complicated, magic words that, which they would repeat over and over. And that's what Jesus was referring to. Why did these people need to get noticed by other people? Why, when they prayed, wasn't it enough for them just to pray to God? In order for it for, to work for them, they had to do it in public. Here's two opposing possibilities about this for us to consider. First of all, that they were proud and arrogant people and they needed to be fed in that pride and arrogance by the praise of other people. It was like a drug they had to keep uh, taking. Jesus said, don't get your reward from them, go deeper with God. Or B, it was rather that perhaps, than being proud and arrogant, perhaps they in some way lost confidence in themselves and they needed that drug of people praise in order to function. They needed other people perhaps to tell them that they were okay. So when they prayed, they still felt unworthy. And when they gave money to other people, it didn't make them feel any better. What they felt they needed was for other people to provide them with the affirmation that Jesus is saying ultimately comes from God. So we ask ourselves this question at this point. Do we look, perhaps we know from psychology and everything, we know that we need affirmation from other people. We thrive when we're encouraged from others. But to what extent do we really depend on that? Or do we go further and really drill down and seek that affirmation from God? If we feel like this sometimes, we're not alone. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey 
into the wilderness. He came to a broom breast, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. Now, the interesting thing about these people that Jesus is talking about here, it isn't their career or their wealth or their beauty or their creativity that they wanted other people to see. It was their holiness. And that's where Jesus was teaching. As we conclude, finally, what could our response be? I'm just asking us now just to be quiet with the Lord, just to have our own moment with him, to perhaps talk to him. Even here, just go into a quiet space and tell God about things. Are we proud or are we perhaps downcast? Take a moment even now to tell him about it. Don't use long, complicated words and sentences. Just tell God and name it before him. And as Rosemary emphasized, Rosemary, when you read it, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Come to God, start with God, go where he is, our father in heaven. Then having come to him, tell him your needs for daily bread, to be forgiven of debts, for forgiveness. Let's just pause for a moment as we just do that. Let's just perhaps close our eyes, just have a moment with God. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Great is his love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. And God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. Thank you, Lord, we can be ultimately real with you. Help us today to find encouragement along the way. Yes, from our friends and our family, but ultimately to find that with you in being your disciple. For your name's sake. Amen.